0: Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Equip Podcast. We got another good episode for you here today. And listen, uh, we've been doing this, man, since... How many episodes we got at this point? I should have gone and looked before we started this podcast. We got a few, like eight, uh, probably eight. Maybe? We started this uh, what like eight. We started okay. we started this in uh, April or something like this. Mm-hmm. We decided uh, we had nothing better to do since we were in quarantine. <laughs> Not really. We just we really felt like uh, all the wisdom that these guys had for so many years. Why keep it to ourselves? And uh, I love sitting here just getting to learn about it. And we wanted to hopefully give it to you. Whether you've been a leader for a long time, you're new in leadership, we're hoping that it will equip you. That's why it's called Equip Podcast. And my thought was this. I don't think it's just uh, us to you, but we also want to learn from you as well. Um, And if we can get topics, questions, things that are maybe on your mind, we would love to get you participating with this podcast. You can either email us at equip at gwfamily.com or go to our website, gwfamily.com, slash equip. Would you just send a question, send a topic, send a thought? We would love to just pray about it, discuss it, Mm -hmm. learn from you as well. I'm excited uh, for this one today, though. I think it's going to get you guys reminiscing a little bit um, as we talk about leadership. Um, Depending on how old or young somebody is, they usually say there's like they're old school or they're just new school or whatever Mm -hmm. it is. We really want to talk about finding ourselves right here in this middle place of Mm -hmm. how we can kind of learn from all ages and all that. But I want you guys to think back. So at one point, um, when you first started working for your boss, right? Whether you were, let's say, first going into ministry. You guys have, <laughs> at this point now, you've led your churches and led your organizations for like a while, but think about when you were leading but you weren't the leader, right? And you're under someone else's leadership but you're growing in your own leadership. And it was it a leader that it was their way or the highway or was it somebody that was very much of a team player because everybody has different kind of styles of how they lead, right? You're there for the first time, you're getting to know the staff, whatever it is, and you're vibing with them. They had certain ways of doing things, or maybe you had your own own ideologies and ways like, we should be doing it this way, and you were like the new kid on the block. It was all your new school thinking, and they'd been there a while, so it was their old school thinking. The problem with that now is, you've been doing this a while, so now as you hire people, they have new school way of thinking. You ain't new anymore. Now it's old school (laughs) way of thinking to those new people coming Mm -hmm. in, right? Right. So tell me, um, how long first, let's get a little beat on this. How long have you been in full-time ministry, um, that you have been like either you started on a team and now you're leading the organization. How long is your total, total years?
2: 37 years in full-time ministry for me and, uh, at the church in a lead role, 29 years. Okay. Yeah.
3: 33 years for me. And then, uh lead pastor planner 25 25 you just celebrated that Just celebrated 25 congratulations. years congratulations i yeah. just saw All that right. it's so awesome
4: i started in ministry in 93 and then started the church in 02 as a lead pastor
1: so is the math too hard for you because <laughs> yes. you make me do the math right now <laughs> i don't know when this is going to be
4: i don't know when this podcast is
0: going to be aired to so be accurate on my on my timetable
1: uh oh, i appreciate it
0: <laughs> 38 years uh total and 23 years as senior
1: Okay, so you guys did spend a, a decent portion then mm-hmm. under someone else's leadership and stuff. So I'm gonna guess you got at least some stories or some thoughts. So let's talk about this. Talk to me, like reflect for a second, go back. You're, you're, you're going back some of you 30 some years here, right here. Mm-hmm. Reflect about some of the old school practices, the things that this is just how you did it, this is the way it was done when we went into ministry, when we were on staff somewhere, and probably a lot of those things we don't see present now. We'll talk about that too. But can you guys reflect any stories, any things that you were taught, any ways you just did it this way, this is how it was done when you started? Well, when I first started, you know, I
3: I was, my first stint was only nine months. But uh, <laughs> sitting on the platform, I go, I know we all did that. It just seemed awkward for me. <laughs> and uh, I even had to sit up there during the message, yeah. which I yeah. thought was really weird. And then my job as the youth pastor, and I don't Know if this is old school, uh, new school, or bad school, (laughs) but my job was after worship to do the transition, and I had to introduce the pastor every single week and lead in a hand clap. (laughs) Come on! So I was like the Johnny Carson, you know. I'm like, and here's, you know, and uh, I, I I find that very old school or dumb school i don't know what it was but uh, it was interesting did you
1: find creative ways to have like good introductions though i was like- always
3: trying to think of it but he just <laughs> wanted to make sure uh that there was a lot of clapping going on when he walked on that good platform. energy yeah. yeah
2: i can appreciate yeah. that yeah wow yeah mine uh the the way that we learned was uh pastor dave was kind of a conformity you know what uh like your father i worked for my dad and, uh, my dad's the quintessential statesman still is to this day that, uh, you didn't go to the platform unless you were in a dark suit, black <laughs> or uh, Navy blue, preferably uh, Hughes and Hatcher, you know, that's an old school, uh, brand and you had to have Johnson and Murphy shoes. And, uh, you, if you, can you get
1: all that at Burlington coat factory or.
2: I don't think they have that section in, in Burlington coat factory, but. You know, it was just, uh, there was a, I, I would say there was a uh, an expected e- excellence that mm, was yeah. uh, promoted. Yeah. And it, one funny story, we had district council. District council and the Assemblies of God is the annual convention uh, that uh, the, that district's ministers come to. And um, my dad's buddy and uh, your grandpa's buddy, his youth pastor, came to district council. Uh, that uh, Pastor Carrier's youth pastor showed up and he didn't have a suit on. He had just a sweater on. And it was, my dad was hosting the, the district council that year at Brightmoor. And my dad saw this youth pastor walk in and said, you can't come like that. You go home and change into a suit. He <laughs> wow. sent the guy wow. home that is to, old get a, that, to get a suit on. The guy came back like two hours later and uh, my dad's like, okay, you can have a seat now. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true just story. Just comes back in a full wow. tuxedo. Just <laughs>
1: <like>. <laughs> That's good
4: yeah, stuff. Mine's I mean. kind of similar to that. Um, the whole tie thing was just so unique to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Prior, yeah. prior to being in the ministry, I don't think I wore a tie more than three times in my whole life. Yeah. And then I get in the ministry, you got to wear a tie every week and by the way, I don't know how to tie a tie. So, every every Sunday and I kid you not for almost my first 5 years under the sleeve pastor, he was in the restroom trying to help me tie my tie. It was like it was like the joke of the of the church, you know. So then I you know, I'm now the tie thing's not necessary like it used to be and uh, I was at a council about 8 months ago. And, I, and somebody on my staff, because I had to wear a tie, was helping me do my tie. And he <laughs> walked by me, and he screamed, still! You know, this is 20-some years later, and that's I still funny. don't
2: know how to tie a tie. Oh,
1: man, that's so good. <laughs> I think you taught me how to tie a tie. Yeah, totally. But I— uh... I don't wear one much now. Yeah. Uh, is that is that new school? Is that I old school? I think your dad that...
2: wanted us to talk to you about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, I'm, I, I got an old school one once. I, I'm,
3: it was uh, the job of the Sunday school superintendent to ring the Sunday yes. school buzzer.
0: Oh, yeah. Yep.
2: I remember oh, yeah. the
3: first time I went to church and that thing went off. I was looking for a basement. I thought the place was on fire. I didn't know if we had to evacuate
0: or- Well, ours would walk down the hallway with a bell. <laughs> ring a bell. Yes. ringing
3: the bell. Well, he, he was a minute short, so I went out and uh, they had a secret doorbell thing and I pushed it in the buzzer and I got called in. You don't that is the assistant Sunday school superintendent's job. Youth Fun. pastor does not buzz the Sunday school <laughs> buzzer. I'm That's just like a, what in the world?
2: Well,
0: the other thing was uh in our church we had a not only black suits, ties, uh we sat on the platform oh, yeah, yeah. and um uh and then also like what you you know you're half shaven whatever i mean there was times i would go you know i'd try to go two days without shaving i'd get called out (laughs) and i mean you'd be called out right now
1: i still call my staff because mine doesn't look as good as angelo's or what's the problem
4: yeah it's
0: probably (laughs) yeah yeah i mean you would not be welcome on papa's uh platform
3: That's yeah. true. That's true. Well, I've okay. told my staff they look like homeless people. I mean, yeah. I said if you're gonna grow beer, grow beer. If you're gonna shave, shave, shave yeah. every day.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a little old school, son. You a We're gonna baby. talk about Sometimes. that. There's no There's no like doubt. we're gonna get. If you're there. gonna tell somebody how to run their life, you gotta shave your. You gotta <laughs> take a shower, shave your face. It's just the way it is.
4: That should be a gimme.
1: Oh, so I think what's interesting, <laughs> and let's get into the get into it this way is you guys share all these old school practices mm-hmm. and, and some of them, I mean, to me, I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, yeah, some of that sounds silly. Like I, I, I do remember when I first got hired, you even took me and you're like, hey, you need to get a black suit. I'm like, I'm never gonna wear it. He goes, you need it to marry and to bury. <laughs> no, so yeah. I, yeah. I got the yeah. same black suit yeah. as I've been on SAP now 11 years and I use it to marry and to bury. That's yeah. about it. But. I think there are some old school practices I, you know, even my generation could look at and be like, eh. and even you guys are saying now you look at them like. Mm. If you look at the practice, yeah. some of it might seem kind of funny, but if you look at some of the principles behind it, mm-hmm. go. we really all line up the same. You know, when when you talk about old school, new school, the young, the old, you've been in leadership a long time, or you're brand new to it, the principles biblically are really really the same. I think like as long as we're following the Word of God, there are non-negotiable just principles that we're all called to lead in and to follow. You know, speaking of leading and following here, Jesus did talk about the concept Mm -hmm. of following a lot more than leading, which I find interesting because we're considering this a leadership podcast. So I know we haven't really talked about this. Let's just discuss this, you know, Pastor Nate, Pastor Angelo, maybe give me your thoughts on this. Jesus talks more about following than leading, yet we talk a lot about leading, even in this podcast. Is it wrong if you're called to be a leader Yet Jesus talked about following. How do we sort of balance the two where we follow what Jesus said to follow, but we also know that we're called to be a leader? Whoever's listening. It could be, could be a, a mother listening right now. It could be somebody new in ministry. It could be a coach that's listening. Like We're all called to lead, but how do we balance that with following according to the principle that Jesus is highlighting?
3: Yeah, I, th- I see a change in emphasis. I think when all of us became youth <clears throat> pastors and lead pastors— there is there was hardly any leadership books now mm. there are yeah. a gazillion of them That's true that's a good thought a gazillion of them but there are some that really stress spiritual leadership yeah. And I really- think we need to lean into those like crazy especially uh, for the that we don't want to be so old school like we're like we're a power tie so you sit up straight you do all these leadership principles and organization and systems we need all that Absolutely but I think there needs to be a huge emphasis that we are spiritual leaders that we've been given leadership um to serve the church by equipping the saints of apostles and prophets and pastors and and teachers and those spiritual leadership things got to be important. Uh there's a book that I I read I think that is powerful is uh Spiritual Leadership by Chambers. Yeah. Older book, man, or a Sanders must read. Classic. It's spiritual leadership I think has to be uh maybe leaned into more than ever yeah, right good. now, being a, a follower of Jesus, where you don't just have devotions or do devotions, but you are really leading and listening to the spirit of God and um, moving in him and being led by him, keeping in step with the spirit of God. Uh, I think it needs to be new school for all of us to keep listening to the Holy Spirit yeah. and leading powerfully by yeah. the giftings that he's given us. and. We do need to really be examples and following, too. Yeah, also, oh uh, It's really
1: good.
4: Yeah, I mean, Jesus said, come follow me. Mm-hmm. He didn't necessarily tell everybody they're going to be great leaders, right? Apostle Paul, follow me as I follow Christ. Mm-hmm. So from my perspective, you're not going to be a great leader if you're first not a great follower. Really so good. I think Christ and Paul and many great spiritual leaders are trying to draw the heart in and say, well, you follow first.
1: Mm-hmm. Because
4: yeah. if you're a great follower, man, then God can really use you in leadership.
1: That's really good. So leadership really derives from followership. I know yeah, it's not a word, so. but we can I mean, make up I words think here. On the this mistake podcast. we're
4: making a little bit in this generation is we're calling people to be leaders mm. a little bit too soon, and they really haven't been faithful followers. How,
1: how do you how do you manage that that line there? Because I have seen too many people mm. hunger to get on the stage, on the platform, yeah. to have a platform. And here's what's interesting today, especially you look at like a. Uh, social media platforms, especially some like TikTok, yeah. the the algorithms built on this is nobodies can become somebody's overnight. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And you become a somebody, and the next day you're again already a nobody because the trends and everything are changing so quickly. And it's all about gaining followers, and yeah, obviously yeah. we know like we're called to gain Jesus followers ultimately, right? So how do you balance though the timing? Because even look at King David. King David was in the pasture for a while yeah. he was anointed to be king at a young age but he wasn't king for a while right mm-hmm. so w- what's the line any of you would speak to the point in which it's like okay i've been called to full-time ministry, i've been called to be in this leadership position whatever. because i think god does call some of those places mm-hmm. what's the point in which maybe you're going to the let's just call it a platform across the board you're getting to the platform too quickly and that's actually going to hurt you because you're striving to become a leader too quickly when you need to Manage to become a follower. Is any like practical tips that we could derive? We could look at from like the idea of internships or, you know, Timothy following Paul before he stepped into it. Any thoughts anybody has on that? I really, I really think I had a couple in our church and they wanted to be MIT's missionaries in
3: training, and they did absolutely nothing in our church. Like not, they didn't volunteer for anything. But God's called them to missions. They want to do this. They want to preach. Can they have a service? They're going to start raising money. I said, wait a minute. Why don't you guys just? uh, go teach some kids about Jesus or even be an usher or a greeter. They're like, no, we're called to a higher, a higher calling. Wow. Of course, discernment says, man, it's like a uh, brother roadie told me when I wanted to take that, that church in Minnesota, you got to earn your spurs, son. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know nothing about ministry. Right. Yeah. Wow. Probably the greatest words that were ever spoken to my life at that season of my life. And so I think part of following is serving. Mm -hmm. being teachable, Mm -hmm. Um, being a hard worker. Everyone else leaves, you know, it's like, let's put the place back together before we go home tonight. Everyone, you know, I watch the ones that run to their cars or trucks and the ones that stick around. That's good. Um, Those kind of small things show character of being Mm -hmm. a follower, uh, but being a servant.
1: Let's let's go off of that because Jesus also, too, he talked a lot more about serving than he did leadership, too. I don't know if you can speak to this a little bit. How, how do you kind of like either, let's talk about this as well, any thoughts that you have, but how do you notice the leadership in someone based upon the servant in someone?
2: Yeah, I think, uh, Dave, that what Nate hit on is is important. There's a process that everybody in ministry really needs to work through. Sometimes it's longer, sometimes it's shorter, but Martin Lloyd-Jones, great author, great pastor in England, he once said, you know, the worst thing that can happen to a person, to a man, is that he would succeed before his time. Wow. And, so uh, you know, I think there's something that happens in all of us, the, the associate role, where we we talked about it in one of our other uh, presentations that yeah. we talked about, the Elisha role to Elijah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you see that in the Word, that uh, Jesus... He said, you know, what uh, the greatest the world says is the guy at the top of the triangle has the most people serving him or her. But he said he uses a phrase that I think is awesome is he said, not so with you.
4: Yeah,
2: you invert it. The greatest in the kingdom is how many people are you serving? Right. And I think there needs to be that element in our lives. Lord, just give us an opportunity to serve Mm -hmm. and then the Lord will as we're faithful with the little things he says you'll be ruler over much mm-hmm. and i think just the idea of serving somebody yeah. and then the lord promotes that individual somewhere along the line you've seen it the it something that the four of us can see you've already seen it the best lead pastors are great associate pastors mm-hmm. they've served Good somebody lord. they've served the kingdom, they've come alongside a man or a woman and they've been a blessing. And I think in those roles, that uh, to take a servant's role and uh, don't be surprised if that person then is elevated to Mm -hmm. leadership eventually.
0: There you go. One of the things that are plaguing this generation is the social media platforms. Mm -hmm. And in the secular standard or, or in the secular world with social media, you know, uh, everybody wants to, um, be the popular one. You know, they, yeah. they want that podcast or they want that YouTube channel. They want, I mean, it's just it's, it's ingrained in them, mm-hmm. that same philosophy. They think, uh, when they see a speaker or pastor or whatever on stage, uh, that same philosophy, they, they want that. They want that celebrity status. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, you know, there's a lot of, so-called celebrity pastors mm-hmm. out there today. Um, that is a very dangerous, dangerous area to be in today, yeah. that thinking. Because, again, as the men were saying, it's about servanthood. You know what I've always pushed all my life to you boys and also to the church? You know, I believe with all my heart God wants us all to get to the king kingship, uh, category, but you have to serve in the pasture. Yeah, yeah. you have to be a shepherd. And um, uh, I like what Nate said. Pastor Nate said, um, uh, you know, he had that couple in his church that wanted this, wanted that, but mm-hmm. they didn't want to serve. Yeah, I had a young man. Same thing, Pastor. I want to preach. Give me a <laughs> chance to preach. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just, I mean, that looks so good. And I mean, this was years ago and um he i said let's go out to dinner he started throwing all kinds of stuff out at me and i said you know what um i don't think gateway is the place for you you know you know what i disagree i I agree with you i don't want nothing to do with gateway he went out (laughs) and about two years later he came back with his tail between his legs hello and he apologized and apologized and apologized to me and he said pastor how can i serve Mm. and all of a sudden everything came into good balance and he started serving in the usher ministry he started serving uh on wednesday nights he started i mean just serving in multiple different areas and then i started to see some of his beautiful giftings Mm. in him he's an awesome teacher beautiful teacher and uh and now he's just uh going through Berean and wanting to become a licensed pastor and all this but again uh, it has to start in the pasture. Yeah, it has to start in the uh, where even uh, Jesse David's own father didn't have much to say about him. He yeah. didn't want to yeah. uh, show him off before Samuel, and uh, the prophet. And so, uh, yeah, it definitely uh, that that celebrity status mm-hmm. in this culture.
1: I think that's It's ce- not a biblical. Yeah, I think the celebrity biblical. concept is 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 huge. I heard a I heard an artist one time just say, you know, I am not a celebrity because celebrity means that I'm one to be celebrated. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. said, I, I'm not somebody to be celebrated. And that honestly really stuck with me. I think something that you you were talking about just um, getting too much too quickly basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, we were talking about you look on uh, social media today and listen. I'm not. I, I'm thankful that people are getting saved. I'm thankful that churches are getting filled. So I'm not here to bash mm. anyone, Pastor. I pray for them. But you see a lot of young pastors getting too much, too quickly. Mm. Something that word. you had said with me that just stuck is: if you get all that, say say if mm. it was me, I'm 33. If I were to get all that now, yeah. what else is there to continue to strive for? I know mm. there's always vision. There's more, but. It's to that point, it's almost like God's already done so much, but you're still empty because there just has to be more and more and more and more versus slow growth over time, gaining wisdom over time. And I think even this concept of just saying, hey, I'm going to follow before I lead. I'm going to serve before I lead. I just think so many, I I just speak really quick to so many young leaders out there, younger than me or even my age. I see a lot of people hit my age and they hit kind of this bracket and they're like, I'm ready to lead something. And Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that you might not be. Right. But if your heart isn't in a place where you've been a servant and been a follower, are you? I think very simply, you're probably not. Um, and, and let's just talk to maybe about this, this concept. Uh, let's speak to some young leaders or people that are kind of, maybe you're in an organization right now of any kind. And you're like, man, I got new ideas. And if they just did this and this and this and change this, and be better. Maybe. And maybe they need to listen to you. But let's also talk too, um, what, what are some like old school philosophies that need to be brought back you know some that are like you know here's here were some of like the philosophies we live by i'm not even saying everybody has to wear a suit that's that's a practice but like what are some like principles or philosophies that need to be brought back that would really help younger leaders spiritually root themselves and grow in some ways you you even mentioned earlier about just uh getting a hold of the holy spirit and just leading from the power of the holy spirit even i know i served with dean grable who's one of my my
3: spiritual fathers and mentors in ministry and he taught me when we went to it and you know because i didn't know anything i didn't grow up in the church i've never seen a pastor at work and he taught me you go visit somebody in a hospital which we haven't done much this last year <laughs> um or you go to their home you don't leave there without praying mm-hmm. for them yeah it's good and good. believing for them it's not a courtesy it's a real thing mm-hmm. wow you know touching god for them that principle hasn't changed we need to that's good we need to keep believing that God is our all-in-all. All. I think the things that we can mentor to the next generation is being men and women of God who really believe that everything we do, we have a source, and if we disconnect from that source, we're on our own. Mm. Then pull out all the spiritual leadership, secular books, and just run those principles. But you know, the principle that we really, we really do want God's best in every life that we minister to,
1: So good. and to model that. So good. You got any on your heart?
2: I think, uh, David, I think that's awesome. And I think alongside of that, a response to the word of God, you know, we were all raised on altar calls. I still believe in responding, mm-hmm. uh, to an altar. And every time that we're preaching God's word, it, mm-hmm. it's, it's reading us as we read it. And there is a, a need to respond. I, I think that is something that's been drilled down in me since mm-hmm. I was a little boy you know what every time we come to the house of god to church or when you're delivering a message give people the opportunity to respond mm-hmm. it, it the word of god is is unlike any yeah. other book and so it's alive it's it's working in us and i never want your generation or younger or my generation to lose the the a mindset that hey there is going to be change when the word of god is delivered right, mm-hmm. i want that's, to live that that's way good.
1: that's so good okay so i mean i know there's there's probably a lot more we could share but if you even want to know some more you know emails we'd love to just give you some more yeah. thoughts and connect on some other levels but how about like some some new school thoughts you know like what are maybe what are some maybe if you guys want to give me some thoughts you two yeah. over here some new school I don't know. I think all the principles are the same. So practices, philosophies that could help maybe some of the old school thinkers be a little more effective.
4: Yeah, I think that one of the things that's extremely refreshing to me is this whole concept of collaboration, that's you know, coworkers, co-laborers in Christ. I don't think it was as uh, uh, it was, it was quite a focus on that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe when I was younger.
1: Yeah, you, know? you can see that honestly yeah. in the uh, right. in the worship music movement right now. Yeah, yeah. You just see artists after artists, team after team. They're getting together. And they're writing. It's like a million names on one song. They're all writing them together. They're recording together. Mm-hmm. I think collaboration this generation is huge because it was so much more like competitiveness and yeah. kind of a separation of what we were doing versus now.
4: Younger now. younger leaders want to feel valued and feel yeah. like they have a voice.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And uh, when I was younger, I didn't always feel that. Yeah. So I'm trying to be very conscious of that, and as I lead my team, my staff, my leaders, I want to make sure that I listen to them and want them to know that our culture values them and their insights on creativity, leadership, the ministry, and everything in general. And I think that's huge. I think that's something that a lot of people my age and even older need to get a grip of. If you're going to lead in this generation, they want to have a voice, and and they want to feel valued, and collaboration isn't a bad thing. It's powerful and effective.
1: That's really good. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Do you have any thoughts? Like.
0: You know the the team thing, uh, as Angelo's talking about. But mm. along with that, I not only listen to the younger, but I, if they have an idea, mm-hmm. I will use one of their ideas. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it might fall, uh, it it might be s- extremely successful, but uh, I am not at all uh, scared to use this younger generation's idea, mm-hmm. uh, if. If they, you know, they have a better idea to reach the lost mm-hmm. for Jesus Christ. Um, uh, I love it, um, and that brings the team. That's good. I, I didn't, you know, um, I, you know, worked for my dad for 16 years. Um, he brought, he taught me how to bring the, uh, like the pastoral staff as a family, mm-hmm. which is so important. Um, but then. From that, I would like to say I took it to another level and brought it as a team, where back then it was a family. Still, the father was the very patriarch, which is awesome, which is the way it should be. But uh, without me being, uh, keep your ear to the ground a yeah, little more, more equal, yeah, more team, yeah, um, more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, and without losing that leadership, mm-hmm. that leader uh, to the people and or to my staff and my team. Yeah. I think I've tried to bring that to the next level of yeah. just uh, teamwork.
1: What, what advice would any of you give? And I, you know, I can look this way if you guys have any to start. Maybe there's been a leader just, they don't even know they're stuck right now. Like they've been doing the same thing since... What'd you say? 1993. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> you know, they've just been doing the same things, you know, like in the generations evolving, there's somebody, I said, TikTok in this podcast and there's somebody listening. I don't even know what TikTok is. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even saying we have to know everything about everything that the young people know sure. about. That's not the point either. I'm just saying though, What are some ways that you would say that you guys even practically keep your ear to the ground? What Mm -hmm. are some things that you listen to Mm -hmm. that you found, man, as I've listened, here's an idea or here's a way I get an idea that's become really effective that maybe someone listening right now, it could really enhance what they're doing if they would just break some of their way of thinking and their philosophies.
0: Yeah. Hmm. If I could touch on that, um, some years ago, uh, well that, that philosophy is broken uh, in my in my life, probably 15 years ago. But even before then, it's so um, interesting with senior pastors. You can get so stuck in your way and not even know it. You can get so stuck in any that leader track.
4: Can do the any money.
0: well, any business leader, any yeah. leader can do that. Any parent can do that. And um, and so, um, some years ago, I started just to take a few staff and go visit a church. Take some more staff, go visit a church. Uh, I mean, I did that one month. I took, literally, I took every Sunday off. I think that was three years ago. Took every Sunday off and took a staff, different staff, to a different uh, part of the country to visit a different church. Mm -hmm, And one church was a little bit more traditional. One church was a little bit more Pentecostal. One church was a little bit more contemporary. You know I mean? All different types of churches that opened up my eyes so much in yeah. our staff. And uh, it almost like uh, brought us together stronger as a team. And, uh, but big time, that was just a huge part for me. Yeah. And uh, because uh, with good intentions, we can get stuck yeah. in our rut. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's really good.
2: I think Dave, do, uh, to be intentional about who you hire, I mean, as, as we all are getting older, mm-hmm. usually you hit about 10 years either side of where your age is. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. all of us are 20-plus at our, our churches that you've got to continually get younger as you're getting older. Yeah.
1: Right. And,
2: and, and then if you'll ask the Holy Spirit to help you to let them reverse mentor you. Mm. If you'll go in with my, what can I learn? What mm-hmm. do I need to that younger generation to teach me about values, that the priorities that they put, I think that's huge just for all of us to stay teachable and then to be intentional hiring and bringing alongside of you.
1: Yeah, because it's really easy as a leader to walk in the room and think about the output that you have to give. And it's like, I got to teach them, I got to output, I got to know everything. But I mean, I hear so many great leaders, they just say one thing I, I make sure is that I'm not the smartest person in the room. Like I make sure I I put people around me that are smarter than me or more innovative than me that are more creative than me. So I think that's a great thought is walking in and not always just going, I got to output we do as leaders, but also I gotta be ready to receive some input as well.
3: Yeah. Those are really great thoughts. I think also every leader needs to be careful because familiarity is gravity in our life. Mm. We will always be pulled back to what's familiar and what we have, nailed down what we're good at.
4: Yeah, comfortable.
3: And so our, even our wow. weekly schedule or how we do a service or how we think we mentor, what we're familiar with is always going to pull it. We're always going to do that. So you need to, to be intentional about stepping outside of that and saying, we're going to mix things up. We're going to, I have a saying at mm-hmm. compelled varieties of spice of life. Mm-hmm. If, if we can just close our eyes and walk through a service or we can close our eyes and walk through a staff meeting. We get mix it up because as we get older and our energy level decreases a little bit, uh, we will want to do what is easiest and what we've done for years. And that, that does not wow the next generation. Wow. They, they do not be like, oh, that's awesome. They have that that down so well, they've done it for 20 years. That's awesome. That is not what they're going to say. They're going to say, this is boring. This is predictable. And That's the, their the yeah, and the Holy Spirit, he wants to do something new. Get away with God and just sit down and listen to how things could be changed up. Going to other churches now, we can watch them all online. We there's ideas out there. Even asking the next generation, they haven't ever led a church in their life. Like, is there a spot in our service that just seems kind of unintentional, boring, without purpose? If we don't berate them after they tell us or dismiss what they say, <laughs> yeah, um, there's a goldmine. Of, of thoughts out there. The it's Holy so Spirit true. moves through more than just the lead as we, we so all good.
0: know. So simple uh, with for senior pastors, but they make it so complicated. And one thing that multiple leaders don't do, senior pastors especially, they don't ask questions. Right? Just they don't ask questions. I, I yeah. love just asking these guys questions. And uh, uh, I constantly learn through that or my uh my younger team and so on just ask questions
1: that's so good some that something you said that that hit me is this whole understanding of like you know there was the old covenant in the old testament the new covenant that jesus brought you know yeah they're at the last supper this is you know the blood of my new covenant all that stuff right <laughs> so when i keep hearing this thing in my mind is like we, we don't leave the the he's the same yesterday today forever you know i think jensen franklin he said it's okay to get out of the the box, just don't get out of the book. You yeah, know, right. so we stick to the old school <clears throat> principles of mm. the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. It's an old book. But I think what continually keeps it new is not only the timeless timeless truths, but you keep referring to like the, the Holy Spirit. Yes. I think the newness, the refreshing of the Holy Spirit, mm. being in tune. It, 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 it is practical. It is listening to the younger generation, these things, but I think like staying in the book, the old truths, but the newness that the Holy Spirit can continually mm-hmm. bring. And I think you can have LED walls and be modern, or you can have, you know, if you're a business, have marketing campaigns and all that. But you talked about the the way that we follow Jesus and continue to be leaders is because we're spiritual leaders. Yeah. So even if you're leading, you're a CEO leading a business, you're still right. a spiritual leader. Yeah. Right. And you can only do that through the oldest truth known to man and the the newness of the yeah. Holy Spirit. Any, I don't want to cut you off. Any thoughts that you had that you just want to add in?
4: Well, I think similar to would- what... Uh, franklin said is uh you know the the methods are not sacred the messages yes and you hear that a lot but you got to pick your battles you know as a leader and i would challenge older leaders and sometimes they fight the wrong battles they're fighting yeah. methods and yeah. technology and all this stuff it's like what are you doing right you know stand up for the word there's your battle mm. but methodology and things of that nature man let your team dream yeah and That's i true. think back a lot when i was a young leader i felt i said it earlier but i felt stifled in my vision I felt stifled in my dreams and uh I try to keep that at the forefront because I don't want my team to feel that way yeah you know and I'm sure they do at times because I'm a leader and I want I have ideas and creativity but I try to remind myself of where I was 20 30 years ago I don't want my team to feel like that yes I want to fight the real battles that's
1: really good. good let's speak let's let's end this let's speak to the younger audience listening we've been getting a lot of reports of a lot of young people tuning in either they they're brand new in ministry field. Called a ministry, they just want to grow in their leadership. I'm hearing a lot of reports, even my on my own, and you just told me some right before we started shooting this. Let's speak to them, uh, whether it's from the perspective now or obviously you look back, man. If I could go back or whatever, what insights? Mm. What things might you leave with them, saying, "Hey, you do got you got a lot of tenacity, you got a lot of dreams and vision, you got a lot in you, but what would you give them to refine that?" to just bring them to like, hey, this is what I'd really leave you with to really develop as a leader, just kind of a don't-put-the-cart-before-the-horse concept. I got a thought.
3: Um, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. Mm-hmm. Tell somebody that God has put a gift of leadership in your heart mm-hmm. or maybe you're investigating a call or you'd like to go to the next level. Tell us that. We live we live for that conversation mm-hmm. yeah. instead of us having to ferret out like, I think that guy might be called um, to come up and say, "I believe the Lord wants this in my life. What do I do next? What can I do here? What, wh- how can I develop?" Even though you might be ninth, tenth grade, you might be in another career, and know that's not. You know, people change careers a lot now in the new generation. It's not like our parents who did the same thing their whole life,
0: mm-hmm.
3: or I guess, I guess us. <laughs> but man, t- tell us. Tell us what you need. Tell us what you want. You have not because you ask not, and we're, we want to. We want to, man. We want to see your dreams fulfilled. Our dreams have been fulfilled in many ways. We want to live to see the next generation's dreams fulfilled.
1: That's great. I love that thought.
4: Yeah, I'd probably uh, challenge the younger leaders um, in the area of guts, the guts of leadership. Yeah. It's, you know, you're going to have to make some risky Radical decisions. Don't be a pansy, right? Don't be a pansy, (laughs) right. I I heard a phrase a couple years ago, if you want everyone to like you, go sell ice cream. Yeah. You know, and it changed my life, you know, because I I like to be liked. Um, I can fall into that trap of people pleasing, and that's really no place for a leader. You know, that's going to be a real struggle if that's something you wrestle with. And uh, just the guts. I mean, you're going to have to make some gutsy, gutsy calls. I'm all for the gift of leadership. Mm -hmm. No doubt, character and servanthood and following are huge principles. But if you're going to be the leader God's called you to be, you're
0: going to have to have some well calculated guts.
1: That's great advice. Good stuff. It really is.
4: I would
0: really challenge this younger generation on something that has been really promoted in colleges, I'm hearing, in Bible colleges and so on. Um, But there's, with pastoring, you know, there's a man's formula. Then there's God's formula. Their man's formula says, lay out a map and see where the most populated area, most rich area. I literally had a guy call me up and say, hey, Pastor Jeff, I'm going to this one particular community. The average income is 150,000. You wouldn't believe the houses, you wouldn't believe this. I'm gonna make it there. Can you support me? Never one time did I hear God's call yeah. on his life. Mm-hmm. Never one time did I hear him say, God called me there. I would just employ to this generation like Isaiah did. And Isaiah cried out to God, Lord, here I am, send me. Yeah. And because, I, you know, God's formula is always the best formula. Mm. And when you know your calling, um, when you know your, we all pretty much know our gifts, but when we know our calling, Mm. there'll be less depression you'll have to deal with, less getting stuck, and just more on the mission because you have an assignment from God. And so i'd really encourage this generation you can do it isaiah did it
4: right. jesus
0: is the same yesterday today and forever yeah he doesn't you know his methods are all the same and all that but i know there's you know um man's uh our, you know uh, our contemporary ways our traditional ways i would even say if god has called you to be a traditional pastor be a traditional pastor yeah. that's your calling if god's called you to be a contemporary but still stay with the formulas of God. Yeah. And uh, uh, that, that's on my heart so much yeah. because uh, I believe men and women are missing their calling, mm-hmm. and they're getting stuck in the man's formula yeah. and not that's good. knowing God's Strategy calling.
1: is okay, but you have to be led by the Spirit. It yeah. has to be
3: Spirit greater than strategy. I believe God has given the next generation the faith to build ministries, not just inherit them.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. I believe on. that. Amen. it's really good
2: it's great yeah. and i'd say uh, dave that as i spoke to the younger generation i would say god's probably going to arrange you under somebody kind of where we started today and i, I would make it my prayer that that man or that woman that you're sitting under their ministry ask the holy spirit capital s spirit hmm. to help you catch their spirit small s that all of us that are around this table are mm. products of people speaking into our hearts yes. and our lives, Thank God, a brother mm. and pa- pastors, a, a father-in-law who was a mentor, a dad, a dad, a grandpa, and a dad. <laughs> and those people have been strategically placed in our lives. You know, I was in seminary and I sat under uh, Dr. Stanley Horton's ministry for a season and it was wow. towards the end of his life probably the number one Assemblies of God prolific writer and theologian. And he was towards the end of his life, so he was he was somewhat weak and frail. His delivery in the classroom was not dynamic by any stretch of the imagination, but what a man of God. Mm-hmm. And I would go into that class, and I would sit there, and I would say, Lord, I'm not going to remember a lot of what he says down the road of Genesis. The class was Genesis 1 through 11. but. You know what I would say, Lord, help me to catch His spirit. Yeah. Yeah. I Amen. I want Amen. that passion for the Word, and I want a diligence for the kingdom that He has. I said that with my dad, and I. So I would say that to the younger generation. You know what the Lord will arrange you, and ask the Holy Spirit for you to catch their values. You know what when we talked about the suits, mm-hmm. you know what and the and the the programs. You know what, our our. Our leaders and our mentors, they had a commitment to excellence. So I'm mm-hmm. not going to hold the suits, but I am going to say, you know what? I want the culture there it is. to be one of excellence, that we put our best foot forward for the cause of Jesus. Oh, so, so. I never so want good. to lose that. Guys, yes,
1: these are great thoughts today. Man, I appreciate them so much. I know the people listening do as well. And we're going to close in prayer here in a second. I just want to tell you again, go to gwayfamily.com slash equip. We would love to hear from you, love to learn from you, mm-hmm. yeah. and love to continue to uh, make sure we can use this thing to really minister and help grow your leadership and your followership mm-hmm. as well. But this one was really on Pastor Angelo's heart. He really yeah. had a vision for this. I just want to thank have you. you pray and speak into the, all the people that are listening, watching, and just pray that they're going to catch mm-hmm. this and grow from it. I'd be honored to.
4: Heavenly Father, thank you so much for believing in us, to uh, share your word and to lead your people. Um, God, would you help the older Mm -hmm. and the younger generations to value one another. We Mm -hmm. are not Mm -hmm. in competition with one Mm -hmm. another, God. May the older leaders listen to the younger leaders and may the younger leaders listen and model what they see from the older leaders. Mm -hmm. And we need your spirit because apart from you, we can't do a thing. Mm -hmm. So we ask you to anoint us and empower us to lead in Christ's name.
0: Amen. Amen.